And just like that, we seem to have moved on from summer to fall running. Yes, now is the time to turn in those track spikes for cross bikes, or maybe transition your shorter distance racing flats for a little bit heavier racing flats. If you're like me, that's not necessarily a bad thing, it's really just a change of season. With all that in mind though, this week we caught up with both a boy and a girl of summer. Cam Levins took this summer to really make a statement, announcing his return after a rough couple of years on the sideline, we're excited to have him back and to have him on the show as well. Jess O'Connell has had quite the year as well, racing on the world stage multiple times. She's coming up later on the show. You're listening to The Terminal Mile, at The Terminal Mile on Instagram and Twitter, a Tracky Radio production. It had been nearly two years since Cam Levins had his standout, then Canadian record-smashing, race in the 10,000 of the 2015 Pre-Classic when we finally heard some good news. Cam was ready to come back after injuries and surgery, and he was hungrier than ever. Since then, Cam has joined back up with his college coach and has been putting down promising times ever since, culminating with him winning the Canadian Road 5K Champs last weekend. We caught up with Cam this week at his home in Oregon. So, you know, you've had this excellent season, uh, you know, it's it's more of a comeback this year, and we'll get to that in just a second, but one thing that I have to talk to you about is the Cameron Levin's hair is back, which is, is absolutely huge. We haven't seen it for a couple of years. Uh, you know, talk to me a little bit about that. Is, is it kind of like Samson and his hair? Uh, that's what I tell everybody, actually. Yeah, anybody that'll listen. Uh, I draw my power from it, and it's important that I keep it. So, and you know, I swear every time I cut it, it's not always for the better. <laughs> so I, I uh, um, yeah. Now, I mean, last I heard you, you're kind of still looking for a shoe sponsor, but you know, has that crossed your mind? Maybe, uh, you know, look for, look to maybe head and shoulders or Johnson and Johnson or something <laughs> like that for, uh, for, uh, for a sponsorship opportunity. Uh, I, I guess maybe I need to w- widen my horizons a little bit. Yeah. Uh, maybe they're interested. Yeah, let's let's put out uh, something for head and shoulders. I guess I don't know. <laughs> I hadn't really thought about that. But. So uh, you know, just last weekend you were you were racing in Toronto in the Yorkville 5K. It was the Canadian 5K Championships. Uh, you ended up winning in what looks like a very very fantastic race. Uh, talk to me a little bit about that race. You know, what was the strategy going in, and did things kind of play out how you thought they would? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I mostly was just looking to, uh, you know, be competitive and, um, you know, come away with the win. That was kind of the big thing. I, I was sort of eyeing the, um, the, uh, Canadian soil record, um, originally. And just as I got into it, I was kind of like, um, you know, not, I wasn't really feeling it. And so I just sort of, uh, made sure I, um, sort of controlled the race to where uh gave me the best chance of winning um and uh it was you know I, I actually haven't like really had to sprint against anybody at the end of a race yet this season um i've just i've been dropped so early in the race i've just been kind of like uh finishing by myself um or i mean we were spread out enough that i'm sort of finishing by myself so it was really fun to be able to like compete and sprint against some other athletes you know that's kind of my favorite part of the race is like getting down and competing at the end uh you know like grinding that out so uh, uh i had a great time 
you know, you, you've mentioned uh, earlier in the season uh, about how with every single race, you want to be showing a little bit of improvement. Uh, did Yorkville do that for you? Did you have that feeling at the end that said, okay, I was able to do this that, um, you know, was better than in some other races? Um, yeah, I, I think, um, I mean, it's hard to compare directly because, you know, I've done a lot of longer races, but I, I felt good overall. You know, I felt really in control as far as the race went. And, um, I didn't feel like I really extended myself to, uh, so I didn't really extend myself to run how I did. And, um, you know, so I, I think I actually left with, you know, more in the tank, which I, I think is a, a good sign for me at this point. So yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with it. It kind of, uh, showed me a lot of things that, uh, I didn't know that I was necessarily prepared to do. Um, you know, especially as I was saying before, uh, being able to kick against some guys that I haven't, haven't had to do that. I was a little nervous about it as we were coming towards the end of the race, but, um, that was really there for me. And, uh, I think perhaps more than anything, uh, I'm probably most thrilled with that. So, yeah. For those who, who haven't been following along, um, you know, you are coming off of right now, it looks like about two, one and a half years off for sure. Um, you know, due to injuries, um, some very serious ones as well too. Uh, it, the news broke early in the spring that, that you left the Nike Oregon project, uh, and that you were starting your big comeback going off that. How, how has the season been going for you? Um, we've been following along with your races and to me, it looks like it's been going great, but have things been going to plan so far? Uh, you know, I, I feel pretty happy. I, I, I can always wish the progress would be a bit faster, but you know, I feel like it's been at least consistently getting better. You know, workouts are going pretty well for the most part. You know, I, and my, my foot is holding up really well. Uh, post-surgery now, you know, I, I feel like, you know, as long as I'm just continuing to move forward, I'm, you know, obviously I'm not going backwards. And so I, uh, you know, it's, it's easy to be happy about that. And, um, you know, I, I just, I'm just being careful and, um, kind of just trying to get the most out of myself that I can right now. And, uh, you know, it seems to be working. I seem to be getting better you know, at every race, it feels like. So, I, yeah, it's hard not to be happy with where I'm at. You know, I, 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 of course, wish I was back to my top form immediately, but it's not realistic. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm okay with that. So it take, took time to get there in the first place, and I'm willing to take that time again. Now, I mentioned the Nike Oregon project, and this is not a point that I really want to dwell on um, because it's just a part of your running career. But, you know, something that's yeah. kind of unusual about, about the Nike Oregon project, at least in this sport, uh, is that there's a lot of spotlight constantly shining down on it, both negative and positive, of course. But is, is that something that was kind of difficult to deal with? I mean, I realize you have... The, you had the best of the best there uh, as far as support staff and coaching and resources and that sort of stuff. But talk to me a little bit about the pressure of always having those eyes on you. Um, I mean, honestly, I don't feel like that was a huge concern. I mean, I certainly put pressure on myself as an athlete. But, um, I mean, for the most part, the reasons why I left the Oregon Project was just I didn't feel like I was performing well in the um, just under the training regime that we had. I don't necessarily know the exact reasons why, but it just became kind of obvious that I needed something, uh, 
different or, you know, going back to kind of what works. And that's, I mean, that's why I've gone back to my college coach, uh, Eric cool. Um, and I, I, you know, I'm, I'm happy with that, and I have a really good relationship with them, and I, I think that's going to um, provide some really positive results for me. But, I mean, ultimately, I, have to, I had a really great experience at the Oregon Project. You know, I was treated really well. Just, you know, at some point, you kind of have to call it and, you know, realize I probably wasn't going to achieve the things I wanted to as part of that group. Um, and, I mean, I wouldn't say that was you know, a result of pressure or anything. It just, I, I'm a very hardworking athlete and, you know, my hard work wasn't really getting me anywhere. So, or I mean, I shouldn't say getting me anywhere because I had some great performances under the Orton project. Just the consistency and the performance that I, performances I needed weren't coming at the correct times. For sure. So, and that's just, that's just not realistic for the career and the results that I want, you know? So that's, essentially why I moved on. You know, I, um, I guess perhaps feeling more like an underdog and off the radar a little bit more, maybe I'll end up being a benefit for me. But um, I don't know. It didn't really bother me either way. <laughs> I'm happy to have no attention or, you know, loads of attention. I, I do the sport because I love it. And uh, that's what it's always going to be for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned you're back with with Air Cool at uh, Southern uh, Utah University, uh, which is where you went to school. You know, it, it's fairly well documented. It's, it's almost you know public knowledge within the sport what your training was like back then. Uh, you know, with a lot of big mileage and that sort of stuff. That being said, I really think that uh, that someone's training is is often an evolution. You know, taking a little bit of what they've learned along the way. You know, what's what's changed now that you're back there and what have you picked up over the last couple of years that, that you're going to bring to uh, to this, you know, to these training blocks? You're exactly right. Yeah, there's, um, uh, you know, there's definitely things that I've learned as part of uh, being, you know, being a member of the Oregon Project. You know, they, uh, you know, it's a definitely different training than I did in college and um, different experience. And uh, I've. I'd say probably some of the big things for me um, is weightlifting. That'll be a huge thing that I'm, I'm uh, bringing back into what we did uh, collegiately. And I mean, just the program uh, itself uh, from college has you know, changed over these years that I've left. So, I mean, there's things that uh, Coach Hules bring to the table that we uh, you know, didn't do even at that time in college. Um, so, I mean, we're still kind of, I guess, figuring out the big picture with it all. But um, I feel really good about uh, his, um, I guess, openness to uh, incorporate some of the things that I liked as a part of the Oregon Project. And, I mean, I'm more than willing to listen on um, things that he thinks will be good for me. And so, um, yeah, it's me. I wouldn't say the full picture of it all is together yet, but... um, we're working on it, and I think uh, now that I'm sort of, I guess, coming towards uh, more of an end of, I guess, this sort of like fall season as I can try and start looking t- more towards um, next year and indoor track and outdoor track, I think uh, we'll be able to come up with a uh, more solid game plan and um, 
build up to kind of what I'm looking for and what he thinks I need. And, and I really want to talk to you about uh, indoors and, and what's coming up for next year. But before we get to that, I, I've heard that you've spent uh, quite a bit of time in, in Cedar City. Um, you've been splitting your time there between uh, your home in Oregon and, of course, Cedar City. Uh, one thing I, I want to know, have you have you bumped into fellow Canuck uh, Mike Tate down in Cedar City yet? Uh, yeah, I've trained with Mike lots, actually. I mean, he, he had sort of a busy summer himself uh, going and doing Francophone games. So I didn't get to train with him as much as I uh, had hoped, but um, you know I, I plan on definitely uh, doing quite a bit in the future. And I mean, in fact, there's a pretty good team across the board of athletes to train with. And um, on top of Mike Tate and others in Cedar City, I actually here in Portland um, live right beside uh, maybe like a couple blocks away from Ryan Vale, hmm. who's uh, as you may know. 210 marathoner and I've been training with him while I'm here in Oregon as well so that's been fantastic I mean I have great training partners in both places and I mean in reality both can kind of provide uh, benefits in different aspects of training now, Mike's obviously a fast guy and uh, can be very helpful for track stuff and really anything long in any way Ryan's been awesome for it. I mean, uh, he, he himself is running the Berlin marathon here in a few weeks. Well, uh, in a couple of weeks. And, uh, so it's, it's been nice being kind of a part of his build up and getting some really good training in from that. So I, yeah, I, I feel really good about, uh, as far as training partners go, I'm in luck. So, yeah. You talked about the indoor seasons, um, indoor season, and uh, I noticed that you actually mentioned uh, one of your big goals was to make it to World Indoors next year. Uh, you know what? What's kind of the plan yeah. there? Is yeah. is there any big meets that you plan to hit in? You know, January, February. Um, I mean, the big one for the indoor season will be Milrose Games, of course. Um, still mapping out a little bit more, but um, I mean, I'll be trying to hit uh, a few of those big meets out east perhaps New Balance Grand Prix. Um, I might look at the uh, Armory track invite that I did a couple of years ago and it went well for me. Um, but on top of that, I, I'd like to get up to Washington, uh, you know, Dempsey Indoor and get some good races in there. I, I, I know I can't use them for qualifying purposes, but I, I, you know, I think they'll still be, I can still get some very good races out of it. So it's just kind of a balance between the races I need to do use for qualifying and races that'll be important just for my development and uh you know preparation for world indoors um yeah it's not mapped out exactly but it doesn't i guess vary too much from year to year you know the sort of the big races tend to stay the same mm-hmm. um at least for me yeah you know i know in the past you've uh, also mentioned the the big m word as well the the 42 kilometers huh. Um, you know, I, as, as, you know, soon as this spring, you, you said that, uh, you were looking at a marathon this fall. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know what your plans are, but that kind of looks unlikely now. Is, is that something that's on the horizon though? Um, I, I think there'll be some more information coming out on that pretty soon, but, um, uh, I'm honestly, I'm not doing a marathon until fall 2018. Mm -hmm. That's my plan right now. Um, I think, uh, some halves maybe coming up more soon um but uh yeah that marathon's not happening until fall 2018 no question about that i'm hoping to have a great indoor and outdoor season um in fact one of the things i'm potentially looking to qualify for as well is the world half marathon championships 
Hmm. Um, uh, and um, I just kind of want to use that all as, you know, building back that fitness to go and have an awesome marathon fall 2018. So I'm just, uh, yeah, I, I mean, my eyes are on the track right now, but I want to carry that fitness on as well. You know, that's, that's definitely fair. And, uh, you know, you, t- you talk about the track and one of the interesting things for me, uh, was I would say probably your last, you know, really, really big race that people know you, you for was, uh, the 2015, uh, pre 10 K. Yeah. You got the then Canadian 10,000 meter, um, Canadian record. You know, the landscape has really changed in the last couple of years, and I would say for the better. Um, what was that that like watching, you know, the, the five and tens become, you know, really strong events here north of the border? Um, you know, I mean, there's that part of me that wishes I could have been a part of it for sure. Um, but it's, I would say it's been kind of cool, um, just kind of like Canadian distance running in general. It feels like it's taken a step forward across the board in a lot of different events. Um, and I mean, all that, all of this improvement does, I think is just continues to, you know, drive more improvement from other athletes. You know, everyone has to sort of rise to the occasion and the standard that's being set, you know, athletes like, um, Muhammad Ahmed and now Justin Knight as well. Uh, no, they're only, only want me to only, make me want to be better, you know, and, um, I, I look at the talents they are and I certainly, um, feel like I can be on that level. And, um, I mean, that's, that's basically my plan is to get back there and get back competing with them, competing with the best athletes in the world. And so I know that the, that the landscape has sort of changed and, uh, the 5k and 10k are improving, you know, obviously, but, uh, I want to be a part of that. I'm not just going to roll over and, you know, move to another event because it gets tough. You know, we've talked about the tracks. We've, uh, we've talked about the road. Um, there's still another surface that we haven't talked about yet. And, and you've been kind of coy about this, but, uh, you know, I know uh-huh. the, the, the boys up in Kingston definitely want me to ask, uh, you know, is cross country, uh, in your plans for, for the next year? Uh, We'll see. It's it's on the table right now. I, I'm. It's just it really depends on how it fits in. I I really know I I'm I would love to do World Cross in um, 2019. You know, that's a big thing on the table for me. Here this fall, I'll have to. I'm, I'm still trying to decide. I may end up doing it here, um, but it's nothing confirmed yet. But um, I am looking at it. Uh, and still trying to figure out whether I'm doing it this year and then potentially again next year. So uh, we'll see. I can't confirm, but I, I um, it's definitely uh, something that could be on the table for me. One last thing. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but earlier this year, FlowTrack um, released your Driven episode uh, to YouTube. So, you know, the, the entire world can now see it uh there was one really serious bombshell that i think a lot of people are talking about and you've probably heard a lot about it um but the fact that you are a pizza eater with a fork and knife kind of guy talk to me a little bit about that why why don't you use your hands oh gosh fork and knife. <laughs> yeah well it's it's 
it's it's greasy, you know. It's, I didn't want to clean up my hands afterwards. It, it can't be that strange for me to do it. Other people do it. But I, I get that a decent amount of time from people being like, why do you do that? That's weird. But, I, it's, you know, there's got to be others. There's got to be some other fork and knife eaters that are going to support me here. Well... I don't know. Maybe that could be another that could be another sponsorship idea. Okay, so if you're Domino's or if you're Head and Shoulders, give Cam a call, please. Really, really soon. He he really needs this, guys. He is Cam Levins, and man, we're. I'm just so happy to see you back running. Uh, you know, putting down really, really fast times, and uh, you know, being really optimistic about the future. Thanks a lot for taking the time for being on the show today, man. I really do appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to anytime. Jessica O'Connell has consistently been one of our best 5K athletes for nearly half a decade now. With a season that started out with some adversity, more on that later, Jess battled through and competed at the World Champs in London and quickly turned it around to win silver halfway across the world two weeks later at the FISU Games. To get some thoughts on the season, we chatted with Jessica earlier this week. So you had a very, very long season this year, but uh, a very, very productive one as well. Perhaps we should uh, start at the very end and work from there. So let's talk about Yorkville, the Canadian 5K Championships. Uh, you got second. Talk to me a little bit about that race. Did it go exactly to, to plan? Honestly, it went better than I was expecting. I, I, I just found the season very long, and I was really ready to be done um, when I showed up at the start line and the entire week prior I'd been in Halifax um, visiting family so I'd been training of course but because of I mean I competed at Bisu so traveling from Taiwan and, and tapering and recovering and jet lag and this and that I, I couldn't even remember the last time that I had a good solid workout <laughs> and my mileage had been cut in half for weeks and so I was I was pretty nervous not nervous but my expectations weren't like exceptionally high for for what sort of shape I was in anymore and I was really pleasantly surprised with how fresh I felt and how competitive I was and and I actually thought it was a great race all I really learned from it was was that you really don't need to do that much to maintain fitness and and like the power of rest is, is huge. <laughs> you know, one thing that I did want to talk to you about, I mean, I think the since the last time that we had you on, which was probably about two years ago, it almost seems like there's been ex- this explosion in the Canadian 5K, the women's 5K scene. I don't know, maybe maybe you can talk to me a little bit about that and, and how so many new players have, have come to the game now. Yeah, it's been really, really neat to, to watch and be part of that. I mean, Two years ago, I was the only 5K runner, and this year, I, I not the only, but the only one who was making like world teams and stuff. And, and this year, I was a little bit scared that there'd be four of us, <laughs> um, which is I don't think I don't know if that's ever happened in Canadian history. So it's it's a really neat time to be part of the event because it is growing, and every year it gets deeper. And and I think one person's performance kind of inspires and fuels another. And been really nice this year training with andrea and racing her and whatnot it's been nice to have a little partner to, to go through all of this with now before this uh you were at fisu uh you got a silver medal there you know i i honestly mm-hmm. didn't even know that uh that you were eligible to, to run in fisu maybe t- talk about that experience what was that like 
uh, most people, including myself, didn't know that I was eligible to, to be running PSU. I was the most graduated you could be, but I decided to do it because I saw so much value in going through the, like the games experience, like being in a village, being in a multi-sport games where you're kind of in this bubble waiting to compete and then you do, and then you wait some more with, with all your athlete friends and people from other sports and other countries. Like that whole experience is so foreign and I've been through it now at the Olympics and Pan Ams and, um, and Commonwealth, but, but like my, the best thing I can do is normalize that because I think that's the most critical piece of, of like performance at the big championships is to just not be freaked out by being in such a weird alien environment. So I chose to do FISU to, to just have another experience with that. And I was happy with how it went. Like it did feel um, a little more low key than worlds had, which, which was good because I felt prepared and, and I was excited to race, and I, I thought I performed well. Um, and it was fun being on a team with a bunch of people that I'd never met before. The The whole FISU experience is incredible. Like, I I wish that I'd been able to do it before I went to some of these bigger games because it it's almost exactly the same thing, but just a little bit more laid back. So I think all these athletes that just went through FISU like I did um, are so much better prepared for whatever comes next than they would have been without it. So overall, it, it, it's a great meet, great experience. What was the, the turnaround time like uh, from going to London uh, to going to FISU? I had about 10 days, maybe two weeks. Hmm. Everything's a blur. <laughs> I had so much travel. I, I can't remember the timeline. But after Worlds, I stayed in London for about four days with Jen Lalonde, and then we both traveled to FISU and competed about a week, or I competed about a week later. She went home because she got too sick. Ah, uh, fair enough, fair enough. She had, she had an excellent mm-hmm. world. Um, did you get to take in a, a lot of, you know, watching a, of, of good races while you were in London? Um, Andrea and I came in halfway through the week because we had been training in altitude in St. Moritz. So we missed the first half of the meet. We watched a lot of it on TV. Hmm. And then after my race, I was there every night spectating. <laughs> you don't turn down a, an opportunity to watch the best track and field in the world. <laughs> like, so entertaining. So uh, let's talk about worlds. I mean, uh, you go there, uh, you raced in the, the semis, I believe. Uh, you know, how did that go? Mm-hmm. It's it. I, I will get to you in a, in a second about how, you know, the, the 5K is almost changing its strategy on the world stage, but how did, how did things go for you? It was an interesting race because it was completely different from, from the Olympics last year. Like, it was much, much deeper. The field was unlike anything I've ever been in. I mean, it took 15 minutes flat to make that final, and... Mm-hmm. Both heats were off of a very, very slow pace. So people are kicking to 15 flat, which means they're probably in like 1445, 1450 shape. So, I mean, I've never run that before. So it wasn't really realistic that I would make the final in hindsight. <laughs> oh, that was my goal going in, of course, but I hadn't realized that the, the event had evolved so much in a year. So... It took a bit of self-reflection to figure out after. Um, I 
was and after thinking about my performance, I'm more okay with it because my year was was a little rough. I had a concussion for two months in the winter, and that certainly disrupted my training and I was a bit banged up in the spring trying to catch back up. So I was happy to be at Worlds and, and I absolutely wanted to, to race better than I did. But looking back, I mean, my road wasn't as smooth as I, as I kind of thought I was. All these little things that I thought wouldn't make a big difference probably actually did. So I would say my race was solid, <laughs> solid. <laughs> And, and you know, that, that is something that I did want to talk to you about. You did have that concussion. Uh, you were taken out of, of training for a bunch of weeks. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I really feel with head injuries, it's, it's something that I don't think that we have fully, truly discovered everything that there is to know about it. So I, w- I want to know what your experience was like. You know, how would you compare it to, say, you know, like a... Uh, you know, strained muscle or something like that, that type of injury versus having the concussion? It was, it was definitely different mostly because no one really knew what to do with me or like my coaches and whatnot, because it's not a very common track and field injury. So basically what happened was I ran into someone at practice and hit my head on the ground and I instantly had a headache. And for about a week, I, was having trouble like looking at screens and I had this headache that wouldn't go away and I was was really tired and kind of out of it and those symptoms went away pretty quick as most do but then I had this like headache that persisted for for like eight or nine weeks Mm. and I eventually ended up getting um, like lidocaine injections in my neck muscles to to just relax my neck muscles and my headache went away like almost instantaneously so it's impossible to differentiate a concussion from from a neck injury because the symptoms are the same, a headache. And and you always like think of it as a concussion because that's the more dangerous thing. So in reality, I probably had a true concussion for for a week or two and then this like ongoing neck thing for for 6 or 8 weeks after that. So I wasn't truly concussed or anything like that after that that initial time point, but I didn't know and I wasn't going to risk my health. And I have heard stories like being in Calgary around speed skaters and bobsledders and stuff who are dealing with concussions all the time um, where they've ignored a head injury or thought they could push through it. Cause it's, it's kind of a weird thing. Like your body's fine. You just don't feel very good. And, and they've persisted for ages. And that was not something that I was willing to go through. I, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about your training group. I, I noticed, and this is probably a bit of a tongue in cheek sort of reference, but you guys call yourself the self, uh, the fossils, maybe, uh, mm-hmm. maybe explain to me uh, about that and, and where that name comes from. <laughs> sure. Um, so I train in Calgary alongside the university of Calgary dinos team. And, one day at practice, there's a group of us, um, myself, Maria Bernard, the steepler, and then a couple others, Sherry Boyle, Bridget Pike, Melissa Jones, Emma Cook-Clark. We all train with the Dinos team, but, but are no longer on the Dinos team because we're too old. So <laughs> what's an old dinosaur? It's a fossil. <laughs> so now, for lack of a better term, we're just calling all the post-collegiate fossils. <laughs> and, and the high schoolers are baby Dinos. <laughs> 
we've got a whole like food chain going on. <laughs> uh, get, getting back to um, the world's race. And uh, to me, I think in, in women's long distance racing, it appears to have gotten faster. You know, gone are the days of the real sit and kick sort of races. I mean, look at the 10K at the, at the Olympics uh, and the 5Ks of this year. Uh, you know, even some of those steeple races as well, too. They're just real burners right off the start. How are you adapting your training to, you know, maybe compete with those people? Mm, I, I I wouldn't say that I am right now because in reality, I'm not competitive with the people who are winning races. <laughs> like, I'm not competitive with someone who can run 14, 15 in a 5K. Like, they're a minute faster than me. Mm. Like, they're going to beat me every time, but I'm, I like to watch old world championship videos, like the more current, the better or European championship. Um, anything where I've seen competitors, especially ones who are closer to my abilities compete in a championship style race to kind of get a, get a sense of what they do in either a burner race or a sit and kick race. And then kind of imagine what I would do if I was in that race so that I'm not going in quite so blind and I, I have somewhat of a plan. Uh, you know, kind of more on, on the heavy realities end of the, of the sport. Um, earlier this year, I guess late last year, there was restructuring at ASICS. And uh, as a result, there was a lot of Canadian athletes uh, who lost, you know, either gear or a little bit of money along the way, uh, yourself included. What have you found that, you know, finding new sponsors is like, is it, is it, you know, a, a tough thing out there? Are companies starting to draw back on their money? Um, it's been hard, especially when all of us were cut at the same time and, and we all have strong credentials behind us. Many of the people who were cut were all Olympians and we're all the top of our event in Canada and it hasn't. I was I was disappointed that I wasn't able to find something this year because I don't know you think I'm an Olympian I I volunteer in the community I, I I'm a strong Canadian runner what more could they want but I guess what what myself or other Canadian runners are doing just doesn't line up with their marketing and that's that's really the bottom line and so I understand why a company would cut athletes because if they're not making money, then they don't owe us a sponsorship. But it's very unfortunate, and I really wish that more shoe brands in Canada, and, and internationally, but specifically here in Canada, used elite athletes as a marketing tool better. Like, <laughs> we're here, we've got time. We're, I think we're somewhat interesting. We, we like having our picture taken. Like, why not? shift your marketing marketing in that direction. I think that would be really nice. Um, we're cheap to the shoe companies and it would certainly help promote athletics in Canada. <laughs> um, you know, obviously you've, you've reached the end of your season and it was a very, very long one, uh, this year, but we're just starting a brand new season right now. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering, are you looking to, to jump in some cross country races, maybe a month or two down the line? Probably not, because by the time I'm back in shape, there's going to be a foot of snow in Calgary. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Um, if something comes up in Calgary or I happen to notice something going on, then I'll do it. But I don't like pressure getting back in shape in the fall. 
or like rushing back into it. I think I'll, I'll slowly get ready because once the grind starts, it starts. And, and I don't, I don't love cross country, so I'm in no rush to, to get ready for it right away. You know, one thing I was wondering about, um, is the fact that you've run a lot of five K's, um, but, you know, taking a look at, at another one of, you know, someone who runs with you quite a bit, Rachel Cliff, she made the jump from, from 5K to 5K, 10K. You know, is that something that, that interests you? Doing the 10K? Mm-hmm. Um, it has crossed my mind, but I'd say that one of my weakest, like, aspects of athletics is that I'm not a great focuser. So I find the idea of having to focus for... 30 something minutes like very intimidating <laughs> hmm. and and I'm quite injury prone so I don't know if I'm durable enough to endure 25 laps like it, I think it would be a bit of a risk but mm-hmm. I, I mean never say never may as well try <laughs> at least <laughs> once I would like to run more 15s next year I love racing 15s and and over the last few years I've only had a handful of chances but since there's not too many major things next year I think that might be a fun thing to do work on some speed one last question for you i believe the last time we were talking to you you were working on your masters where are you mm-hmm. in that are, are you finished now i'm done yeah i defended almost two years ago oh wow <laughs> feels like a, a huge weight's been lifted off my shoulders well, congratulations on that, and uh, congratulations on Thank a you. fantastic season. Um, Jessica O'Connell, she won a silver medal at the, the FISU Games this year, uh, was also at Worlds, has had a really, really successful season this year, and uh, I bet that your fastest days are not behind you. I bet you'll have a, have a good year next year as well, too. Thanks a lot for, for being on the show today, and uh, really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Terminal Mile. Big thanks to my guests this week, both Cam and Jessica, as well as to Tracky for their ongoing support. If you want to find us online, you can do so on Instagram and Twitter at the Terminal Mile. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and of course, Tracky.ca. Big thanks to you for listening. This has been the Terminal Mile, a Tracky Radio production. Mm-hmm.